Monkey to Let Go, the podcast platform of the Phenomenalist, by Leopold Lambert. Today, Sarajevo, a war that shaped the city, a city that shaped the war, with Mansour Demir. Hello everyone, today my guest is uh, Mansour Demir and uh, we are going to record this conversation along a walk in Sarajevo. Um, hello Mansour. Hi, hi Leo. Uh, so Mansour is an architect and uh, a teacher and an artist, a street artist and a, a painter. So many uh, many caps <laughs> uh, and uh, he's been living in uh, in Sarajevo for the last 20 years so uh, he knows the city very well uh, and obviously something we're going to talk about today is uh, very much how uh, the war has been shaping the city uh, so the 1992-1995 war but also how uh, the city has shaped the war as well so to speak But maybe I'd like to say from the very beginning that we should be very careful not to uh, necessarily attribute uh, Sarajevo's identity only to the war because that's something that uh, people from the outside tend to do too much, I think. And, uh, and uh, even yourself, you have, very, uh, you have a, a lot of uh, people asking you to, to, to tell the stories, but without maybe uh, uh, adding to the all the previous layers of the city and all the extra layers since then so I think it's very it's, even though this conversation will tend to be, to insist on this particular time because that's uh, part of the editorial line of this podcast I think it's very important that we describe also Sarajevo as a, as a city where people are still living <laughs> like, like in many other cities yeah. to many extents Um, but so we we are gonna we're gonna go along a, a few buildings that will be maybe uh, particularly useful to describe uh, historically. But maybe before we do so, uh, Mansour, can you maybe tell us, introduce us to the city, yeah. in, uh, both geographically and maybe historically? Yeah, I mean uh, you have beautifully explained uh, uh, the, the the appearance of players of Sarajevo uh, as you say the the war the, the the war has shaped the city but the city has shaped the war too and I mean uh, imagine a valley uh, surrounded by mountains and uh, this valley is uh, is stretched like a longitudinal line like a, a snake in the valley following the river I mean people Uh, have been living in in, in this uh, Sarajevan Valley f uh, for at least five thousand years. So the first first traces and archaeological funds of Sarajevo. And uh, but the actual configuration of the city was set up by the Ottomans, and who uh, added to the existing town uh, they added public functions by not only 
building a mosque they built they built a school uh, a sort of a ho- hotel for travelers uh, poors and travelers kitchen so I mean you upgrade a small city with uh, public infrastructure and it becomes a major city and the name uh, Sarajevo is is derived from Turkish Saray Ovasi that means uh, a castle in the field a castle in the open field literally uh, bound for to the the building of uh, uh, impressive residential buildings by the founders of the Ottoman city of Sarajevo and this Ottoman city starts when you imagine that line long line of uh, the spine of the city lies in the east and it's slowly expanded to the west and when uh, political uh, 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 change came and Austro-Hungarian Empire came they continued to build on that spine so just adding um, their uh, framework of, of streets and buildings uh, they uh, continued on that grid but expanded the city furthermore to the west then another regime change came and uh, the city expanded more but in uh, a different regime of town planning and architectural style so if you fast forward that horizontal spine of the city and with its styles adding and changing on that horizontal on the spine you could imagine that as an imagination uh, and uh, like an animation of a change of scales of, of building every empire had its own uniform architecturally speaking and instead of those layers they fade in and fade out they sometimes have a hard cut so the in contrast once one era is standing next to another and in some other parts you have a, a slow b- blend of uh, architectural styles for example Austro-Hungarians uh, they uh, they they build uh, houses with European proportions with high ceilings but with uh, oriental uh, eastern uh, ornaments and and decorations I told you the story about the the Sebil water fountain in the old town, mm-hmm. which is by many considered the iconic landmark of the old old town, and people really feel it as something as oriental as the old town of Basarcia, but in reality it was built and designed by Alexander Vitek, an Austrian architect, who was impressed by the local way of, of building, and he integrated his design into, into that fabric. Although... Uh, Austro-Hungaria was an occupator and they could have built whatever they they wanted so they understood that the importance of exchange and adaptation and I mean <clears throat> we are standing uh, now uh, in close vicinity of Elektroprivreda building mm-hmm. which is an I- iconic building of the, the golden time of uh, Yugoslav regime for the war so uh, and Ivan Strauss was the architect of 
let's say, iconic buildings of the Terra, the Hotel Holiday Inn, the, 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 which was famous for harboring uh, journalists uh, during the war, and, or uh, um, the Momo and Uzair Twin Towers, also uh, at Marine Dvor, Electric Building, they, they are silent witnesses of prosperity, which those buildings were heavily, heavily bombed and attacked uh, during the war and reconstructed. And Electroprivreda is interesting to me because I, before I even decided to become an architect, I've seen Lebeus Wood's drawings of the reconstruction and, and read about his theory of uh, reconstruction, but with uh, keeping uh, the scars and wounds of the building, which are then fixed in... Uh, a contrast material, so the history of the building says readable. But in public opinion, people loved the reconstruction to uh, original design. Sometimes in Sarajevo you can see the, the scars of war being, yeah, let's say, in a very careful sense, uh, being proud of the history or wanting to keep the history visible although it is painful the, the Sarajevo roses, the impact points of grenade shell painted in red epoxy resin to remind us even today where the uh, projectiles hit the, the city and caused massacre to the, the, the civilians you st we still see bullet holes in some buildings but uh, residents uh, or the the survivors of that uh, apocalypse of the city and the city was almost 1500 days in siege so um, somehow they feel the, some things should be reconstructed to their original state just for the uh, for um, let's say s s s suppressing the bad memories and it's like uh, it, it reminds me of the debate about the reconstruction of the old bridge in Mostar you know the five centuries old uh, single arc uh, bridge engineering masterpiece of the Ottoman era was bombed in the war and, and, and collapsed and ar uh, some architects proposed the reconstruction in a contrast method so that we build a completely different bridge same proportions but in another materials and people wanted their icon back uh, in Mostar uh, specifically that bridge was the heart and icon of the city Bogdanovic, uh, Bogdan, the, the famous Serbian architect, uh, wrote in his letters during the war, he was uh, uh, a big critic of the war in, in ex-Yugoslavia. He wrote, some cities like Warsaw or Hiroshima have experienced total destruction, but will be rebuilt again because the heart of the city hasn't been killed.
the body of the city has been killed, but the heart is still living, the idea is living. And he was afraid, and he was ex expressing that in his letter, I'm afraid that in Mostar's case, the, the heart of the, the city has been shot to pieces. And I mean, in Sarajevo, on the other hand, I personally experienced that Sarajevo is a, a mosaic of uh, reflections of our whole country. Uh, and uh, no matter how sometimes uh, the intro, uh, our social interaction may seem introverts, I think this the city has potential to absorb everyone. You know, uh, recently, a couple of months ago, there was a, a TV reportage, in, interviews of uh, high school students from different parts of Bosnia. And uh, it was scandalous in the media uh, because some young young students uh, they spoke about segregation that is natural for them or I don't go to the other side I'm not welcome there I'm afraid etc etc and internet comments were funny because they told him when you come to Sarajevo nobody really cares for your religion they care what you do and if are you uh, creative are you constructive I really experienced in architecture that through architecture and through good architecture we could uh, we were basically uh, above all, all those borders my first project in praxis after my uh, diploma was a Catholic monastery the reconstruction of a Catholic monastery and most of the project architects were Muslims we arrived at that monastery, which is one of the oldest in the far north of Bosnia, were excellently uh, uh, introduced and had really an, uh, a very pleasant and professional time. Nobody had a problem that we are Muslim architects designing something as holy and sacred as one of the oldest monasteries. We even found some old oak in the riverbed of Savas, some divers were taking out old uh, pieces of wood and uh, they had a, a, a carbon isotope analysis how old the wood is and they found uh, usable pieces that are 2000 years old so we built an altar in that church that is 2000 uh, as old as, as the religion itself in professional in the professional world of architecture we experience that people really ignore the borders we do a lot of projects in Montenegro in uh, southern Herzegovina the creation part it's really uh, it, was, it was such an eye-opening experience that you can uh, express you, you can see in the media you can take out from the media context that people are tense and there are political tensions etc etc but uh, in some layers of, 
of this world uh, all of those negative things don't exist there is only uh, optimism and a look into the future through architecture through work uh, I mean you have excellently said uh, war has shaped Sarajevo but Sarajevo has also shaped war I mean I remember one sarcastic funny poster about Sarajevo like uh, visit Sarajevo some uh, some cities have landmark we start world wars you know <laughs> I mean th through humor we work uh, and heal our tragedy uh, of everyday life or history you know? I mean and um, Maybe we should remind that uh, yeah. uh, the Arch Archduke of uh, Austria, yeah. uh, Franz Ferdinand, was assassinated in 1914 in Sarajevo, yes. and that's what is uh, that was, was <laughs> the trigger of the yeah. First World War. Yes, right? yes, yeah. the spark, not the reason, but yeah. the spark that initiated uh, uh, hostile processes between the forces whose powers in intersected in Sarajevo. I mean, our biggest burden is that intersection of forces. I mean, when you look at our map, tectonically we are a very earthquake uh, filled region, uh, earthquake endangered region uh, with the strongest earthquakes possible. And uh, <coughs> We are. Uh, we also have this uh, expansion joints, uh, like in architecture, you know, where two materials meet. We have uh, this expansion joint of religions, cultures, uh, languages. We are the older, so my uh, generation. Uh, we had in. Uh, in the elementary school, we wrote one week on in Latin alphabet and another week in Cyrillic alphabet. So we were raised on two alphabet systems uh, and uh, raised f f from uh, the childhood days to accept and work with the differences. I mean, when I have the Bayram holidays, I greet, uh, I mean, the first guy who congratulates me for Bayram is the Catholic priest from the monastery, and I also send him my best wishes in Easter and uh, on Christmas, so we know when our dates of holidays are and respect that we... Accept that as a normal fact that you have in Sarajevo, in the old city, which is really acoustically also iconic for me, unique for Sarajevo, you have at the same time at, at noon you hear the, the, the church's bell from Catholic churches, from uh, Orthodox churches, and the muezzin singing, inviting the believers into the mosque. To find peace. And there's also a few synagogues <laughs> in the center. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And this is all in a visible vicinity of maybe a couple of hundred meters mm. radius. And uh, those buildings, this 
heterogeneity in architecture is a silent witness of tolerance. The, the main mosque in Sarajevo uh, was built by Catholic stonemasons from Dubrovnik. Some of them stayed in Sarajevo, uh, setting up uh, Latin quarters in the Ottoman Empire. Latins were the, the Catholics from Venice or, or Dubrovnik. You have the... I mean, all those buildings share many interesting stories of mutual help or understanding. I mean, the Orthodox Church in the center of the city, the Church of uh, uh, Salvation, I think, it was uh, constructed uh, during the uh, last years of Ottoman Empire in Sarajevo. And so, before... Christianity became one of the state religions. And 100 years ago in Sarajevo we had five or six official languages. So official languages were Turkish because many of uh, uh, administrative th th papers from the old regime were still in Turkish. Uh, German because Austria, Austria part of Austria-Hungary, uh, Hungarian uh, Arabian and Persian as languages of science and poetry Bosnian, Serbian uh, creation with small but uh, spicy uh, differences between the languages uh, Ladino this is uh, uh, the language of uh, Spanish Jews and Yiddish, uh, the, the language of uh, Ashkenazi Jews, who also came to Bosnia, to Sarajevo, at the beginning of the 20th century. So, having all those differences next to each other means also exchange of words. We have now in our language so many uh, German words remaining from the 40 years of Austro-Hungarian Empire also as many Turkish Hungarian and now nowadays we are uh, expanding our language by importing English words because every language in the world gets uh, flavored additionally by English through technology and information exchange so we're we're now getting close because we're walking yep. as we're talking. We're we're now getting close from the 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 twin towers, uh, yep. also designed by Ivan Strauss, and near them. I mean, we won't be able to see them from far. But um, um, there's also the Holiday Inn you were describing. So yep. all it's 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 like uh, Ivan Strauss is a Ivan Strauss architecture is a sort of uh, witness of as you, as you were saying as a to sort of prosperous years of uh, yeah. Tito's Yugoslavia, uh, and uh, and right after that, uh, the the, the w w a dramatic witness of uh, the siege, the three years of siege on Sarajevo, um, and uh, Strauss himself uh, published his uh, his diary during the war, where yeah. he was mostly uh, 
he was mostly uh, uh, taking shelter in his uh, basement uh, and was able maybe to go for three weeks in Switzerland, yeah. but came back. And he published it under under the name of uh, the architect and the barbarians, yes. which, which I guess shows well uh, how he was perceiving the the war. And I mean, he has very uh, he has a, he has very um, uh, um, I mean the way the way he describes the the, the Serbian militias, yeah. uh, he kind of con- confuses them on purpose with a uh, rural. A rural population uh, that yep. would, that would arrive in the city and destroy the city, because yep. that, uh, that's something we we talk about quite often as well. Uh, uh, and you you already talked about Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, uh, he said uh, whether it's true or not, it doesn't yep. really matter. But he said to be the first one to use the word of herbicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the act of no longer just attacking military yeah, not objective, only a genocide, yeah, but but, uh, but very much. Uh, uh, civilian uh, uh, infrastructure and to target buildings uh, specifically. Uh, in the case of Sarajevo, it was yeah. particularly prominent, right? I mean, we we describe the we de- uh, you describe the the hills around, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, people have to understand that the siege was very much influenced by those hills, right? Because you would have like yep. snipers and uh, and um, shells. Yes, launched I mean. from those hills. I think we, we need to understand. Ah, we can see the holiday in now. Yeah. Uh, p- um, we need to understand how it m- the 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 threat must have been ubiquitous in such a geography. Yeah, in, in this city. Yeah, yeah, in this uh, scenery. Uh, Paul Virilio has one once wrote uh, commenting on the NATO intervention in ex Yugoslavia mm. that. Uh, it didn't quite go well and efficient as NATO has planned because... In the Bal- 1999, you mean? Yeah, 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 because the Balkans are a natural fortress without a wall. Sarajevo sometimes reminds me of a fortress with the walls around it, the hills, the mountains. <coughs> and uh, it's very important who, who sits on the wall around you. But uh, to come to now, revert to the thesis of uh, urban versus rural the urban people and uh, defending themselves from the rural uh, attack because uh, I mean Bogdanovich also wrote about it that every religion hates the city because cities are always multicultural they are a place of exchange and place of Impurity, say it very carefully. <coughs> and twentieth uh, century warfare was uh, its de- development is basically a development of a city killing warfare, ending in the development of a nuclear bomb, one device for one city. I mean, this is the ultimate kill of a city. And in Sarajevo, in this case, as you sh- as you said, war has shaped Sarajevo, Sarajevo has shaped world. The uh, attacks on Sarajevo were uh, undertakings to cut this uh, spine of this, the city, to cut the snake in smaller parts and then take them one by one. But uh, uh, every military underestimates 
the situation of urban warfare. While the Yugoslav army had uh, domination on uh, more open terrain and accessible terrain, Sarajevo's labyrinth is, uh, I think, impossible to occupy. I mean, the, 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 I mean, architecture and architecture was under attack because architecture is the extension of your your body, like a second clothing, and architecture also means identity. In, in smaller cities, uh, smaller occupied cities during the war, Serbian forces have demolished cathedrals and mosques. Sometimes even to be drastically uh, absurd, build parking lots on them just to erase the building. Because when you erase a building, you erase a witness also. And in Sarajevo, particularly architecture... Uh, uh, was uh, under attack as equally as it's as the soul of its citizens <clears throat> and uh, I mean many if you google Sarajevo and war you will read about the sniper valley you know the sniper valley is the uh a very long and very wide street created by modern architects. You know, when they opened the streets after Marindvor to west, they created a, a modernistic open space uh, which was uh, very dangerous to live in or to go through, pass through uh, during the war in Sarajevo. And uh, you had to use this, to go on the Sniper Valley because it's the spine of the city and the main road. We're, so, we're, we're yeah, heading is, there, right? Yeah, yeah we're, we're just walking towards there. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it it really gives me the the creeps when I walk through Sarajevo and remind myself or experience or learn because I'm not Sarajevo and I came here after the war. When I read, okay, here was the division line and here were this was uh, 20 years ago this was a very uh, dangerous place to to walk or to stand for example the area we are standing here now or uh, around the uh, Holdein Hotel of Moment Zaid I don't know if you had the possibility to look at Sarajevo from the hills or from the, the yes, fortress I, to see how how vulnerably exposed and visible the city is from the hills and uh, in winter we have uh, air pollution problem and fog and, and smoke problem in the years of war this was the perfect camouflage to at least work and uh, to be able to walk through the city without being shot. Yeah, so there's been there's been quite a few books published with uh, which are very much uh, individual individualized uh, experience of the war and like diaries mm -hmm. of, of people and uh, and it it comes back always uh, the the happiness to see the the fog in the city because all of a sudden you're protected. From the snipers and yeah. the shelf, <coughs> uh, so the, the traffic noise is uh, yeah. 
increasing because we are getting close to this uh, sniper alley yeah. which now is the main access and used to be the main access of the of the city but we're now in front of the three other buildings of Evanstrasse, the Holiday Inn and the two Twin Towers. Um, I must add uh, the Twin Towers have a colloquial nickname yeah. uh, Momo Nozair and before the war in the 80s there was a TV show about two best friends one is a Muslim and the other one is Orthodox Momo and Nozair like two old pals old friends and uh, after those uh, towers were built the citizens of Sarajevo gave it uh, gave them the, the, the nickname Momo and Nozair you know, like a uh, symbol of of unity, of difference, and uh, <clears throat> as a young architect and a young person in the city, I sometimes I'm really frustrated to talking and thinking about the war because, first of all, it's 20 years over, and uh, already 20 years have passed, and. Uh, <clears throat> Let's look at the future, but uh, when, whenever there is a possibility that I mention or at least give a hint about the war, old residents, uh, they just open their heart and soul and talk. It's like everybody could talk... Uh, and open his soul endlessly to explain their uh, piece of the the mosaic, to explain their history and part in this town. I mean, the wound is sometimes very open, you know, and people uh, talk to express their part and. Um, their experience of the war and every experience is so tragic, unique, but it's kind of embodied in the city. You know, all the residents always say when I'm proud, I defended this, you know. When the war started, we had no option but to defend the city because uh, multiculturality was at stake. Uh, uh, the vision of a united country of all religions and nationality was at stake and when I nowadays ask people how would you act if we had war again they said we would go away, we would not participate in it because the result of the war was just power shifts main reasons of the war are economic to, to gain more power control, to, to become super rich uh, we learn slowly through witnesses, media, through through justice process, how um, <clears throat> uh, about manipulations of war and how pointless the war was in the end for the the small the small guy, the the, the citizen, and. Uh, people so if 
tomorrow were war, nobody would go. Yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> But uh, at the same time, uh, in, in today's raging economic economic condition, everybody would go. We have a huge unemployment rate for about more than 50 percent. Uh, alone in in this year 2015, some 65,000 persons have left Bosnia, emigrated, moved away to the promised land of Europe, and it's uh, affecting uh, how how the development will take take on here. We have a huge brain drain. Many young people who speak foreign languages if have good skills. They prefer to walk uh, to work abroad, and uh, whenever a foreign visitor uh, comes to Sarajevo, and uh, I show them the countryside and I show them the. The cityscape. They say, they say this city has so much potential, but you don't see it. But we are tired to see it sometimes. I mean, uh, if you can be a pioneer here in Sarajevo with a certain idea, uh, and this idea somewhere in the pr promised Western land is also, uh, already uh, multiplied and lost. <coughs> There is potential, but uh, how do you live with the burden of history? How do you forget the uh, injustice that continues after the war? I remember a, a quote by Plato, a very tragic one. Uh, Only the dead have seen the end of war. Meaning the war may stop, but it mm -hmm. still continues to beat inside of you. Especially when the Uh, when there was no clear catharsis at the end of war to distinguish in the historian sense and the local political sense who was, what was bad, who was bad, who was good. I mean, you have uh, the uh, school kids in Bosnia have three uh, different history books. When you, we, we, we have mentioned the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. For one, uh, one fraction of Bosnia's history or history books, Franz Ferdinand is a hero, a liberator from the occupating force. For the others, he's a terrorist, so an assassin. Person will, will assassinate yeah, 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 yeah like, like, like yeah. Uh, in interpretation of yeah. role of Garvlo Princip, mm -hmm. the assassinator. Mm -hmm. For one, he's a hero, for the other, he's a terrorist, you know, and... Uh, There is a, 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 a story about a very old guy, in, a very old man in, in Sarajevo who never leaves his house and only asks his daughter what are they telling about Gavrilo Princip, the assassinator. Based on what you will say, what is the general public thinking of uh, Gavrilo Princip, you can extrapolate which power... Uh, is uh, actually is, is ruling. Yeah.
if they say it's a hero, it's Eastern powers, you know, East, it's Serbian, Russian influence. If he's a terrorist, this is Central European interpretation. For me as a kid, I, I mean, my grandmother lived under, under five flags, so five different regimes changed in her life. And uh, myself personally have uh, had history, history classes in three states. So in Yugoslav, uh, Yugoslav, Bosnia, the uh, Republika Srpska, because I stayed for two years during the war. Uh, we, we couldn't manage to go from uh, Republika Srpska, uh, to say it carefully, yeah. And uh, then I learned ab about our history f in Germany, which has a, which history books are also well informed about the Balkans. Then I returned back to Bosnia and learned the history again. And all those versions uh, have variations, you know, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is actually funny because I mean you have three versions of history for school kids today and what will they think tomorrow of this uh, reality mm -hmm. well we're we're now stopped in front of the of the Stas buildings of the twin towers and the holiday inn and i think uh we'll we are soon reaching a, a conclusion to this uh to this uh, very interesting walk But one last thing I wanted to talk about is uh, precisely the reminiscence of the war and uh, very much what the Dayton peace agreements in 1995 um, uh, were somehow to to reach uh, something that could be called peace, that is a cessation yeah. of 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 of, uh, of combats. Uh, it very much introduced uh, the perpetuation of war in another form, let's say, but uh, with this division of the of, of Bosnia and Herzegovina yeah. into two regions. We talked about it a bit with, in the previous conversation with Salma Perovic, but uh, so between the Federation of Bosnia and Herzegovina and Republika Srpska. Um, And Sarajevo is very much at the intersection of those two regions as well. And you were you were telling me earlier that uh, there is a line yeah. <laughs> that cuts, and we we really have to understand that it's two complete different system on on yeah. on both on both part. Uh, whatever the legitimacy we give to the existence of Republika Srpska, uh, it de facto exists as a system. So could you could we maybe end the conversation by you explaining to us on on a daily basis today how it materialized in the city between t the two Sarajevo, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I will start from the point of view of an architect, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and from administrative point of view, uh, peace was made by external forces, Europeans and Americans here by using the simple rule of uh, compromise uh, compromise solutions you know like uh, you give a little and you take a little so Republika Srpska was given a status of a state within a state they have uh, a citizenship uh, status so I, I am born in a city which is now in Republika Srpska so I, I have a twin citizenship of Republika Srpska and Federation. And 
uh, in architectural terms translated we have one chamber of architects in the Republika Srpska and one set of building rules in Republika Srpska and complete administ- like like administration of separate state and we have all that multiplied in the federations of Bosnians and Croats and every canton has its own building rules so when you submit uh, construction documentation in Sarajevo it varies a bit uh, the the complexity of the project is is dictated by the building rules that uh, have variations between between cantons for example a project in in Banja Luka uh, has other or, or in, in Mostar uh, has other set of rules or, or a table of of contents of, of plans than in Sarajevo mm-hmm. so you have like uh, every canton has its building ministry and the town planning ministry uh, building rules etc etc I mean then to, to translate it back uh, on our scale where we are standing now I mean uh, this uh, entity line that I have explained is a is administrative border and the absurd one absurd example is at Dobrinja where that entity line goes through a building mm-hmm. and now imagine you live in a in a residential building and uh, a state interstate border runs through your through your building so you pay one set of bills for example electricity and gas in uh, one uh, state let's say it carefully and uh, other bills in the in the another states mm-hmm. so you know b- before the war we had a uh, a comedy show uh, top list and realista like the top charts of s- surrealists it was a look alike or copy of monty python but adapt to local circumstances and they had a sketch one or two years be- before the war even was conceived and started uh, about uh, the total balkanization meaning separation into smaller states of a residential building so a family is fighting with uh, Kalashnikovs in the living room against uh, the the dining room because the dining room is in another country or a guy is in the elevator and he's he's being stopped at uh, somewhere at the 10th floor because he's passing a state border and he needs to show his passport so this absurdity of really having state borders within a building became reality and that show is is creepingly accurate because every of their absurd jokes and they just took the reality and uh, exaggerated it become became reality in one bit you know mm-hmm. like prophetic comedy and people are working with that borders uh, if you can ignore it you ignore it if you have to like in administrative way uh, or let's again translated to architecture uh, uh, we have two architects permits or licenses for one for Republika Srpska and Federation and if you uh, finish your uh, state exam as an architect in Banja Luka uh, you have permission for 
uh, to work uh, to to design to be an architect in Republika Srpska and another permission in Sarajevo, mm-hmm. another state exam. So this absurdity and the duality is really uh, cut throughout whole country and Sarajevo yet remain the hub, you know, because it's of its scale, because of uh, exchange of people, travelers, it's uh, it's gravity force to smaller cities. Mm-hmm. Well, Mansour, I mean, thank uh, you so I much. I hope that I w- uh, that we could uh, squeeze uh, all the uh, uh, complex layers in in this format thank you for listening no thank you very much mentor for uh walking with me on this early morning um and uh maybe i can take advantage of of of, uh, of concluding this conversation which is the second and final one in sarajevo because every time you meet a sarajevo and they tell you they tell you to say some good thing about the city as well because i think there's there's always a there's always uh, association of the city to the war which does not sound extremely appealing or uh, but so everybody tells me like oh please tell people to to say that it's a beautiful city and it really is so uh, everyone should yeah. who are able to visit it should uh, definitely do so <laughs> yeah I especially recommend the summer months of the Sarajevo film festivals mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I mean, Sarajevo is a small labyrinth where uh, uh, the vivid nightlife is happening next to uh, superficial uh, dominance of religion. You know, mm-hmm. you have this co- co- contrast. You know, uh, as the, the film festival is the best example. It gets moved, uh, so it doesn't have a fixed date on the calendar because of the Ramadan month. Mm-hmm. It's always next to to the feast month, where every Muslim uh, cannot uh, um, fee, uh, um, doesn't eat eat drink or, or smoke during the daylight, you know. And you have this one month of cleansing, so to say, next to uh, two weeks of hedonism mm-hmm. of no, the cinema. Uh, oh. Of the city, where really uh, streets get closed and turn into open cafes, you know, and, and cities really like uh, a blooming flower, you know, with all those languages spoken and uh, diaspora or one million refugees scattered in the world comes to Sarajevo and they they mix languages, they 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 speak two languages or three languages in in a sentence. Mm-hmm. But a new kind of of, of mix is uh, uh, being uh, born, and uh, this is the future: exchange, travel, and knowledge. Well, that that seems like a thank perfect you, conclusion. <laughs> thank you, Thank you, Mentor.